Hello and welcome to Learning Curve, the Alpha Plus Group podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today we will be demystifying early years education with help from Alexandra Samara, Director of Early Years at Alpha Plus Group. Welcome, Alexandra. Hi, Emma. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. So, Alexandra, you have over 20 years experience in the early years sector. I wonder if you could start by telling us a bit about your background and what led you to choose this career path. Yes, certainly. So I started as a graduate. I had a degree in language and literature and I I always knew I wanted to teach, but I wasn't sure which sector I wanted to teach. So I had a little bit of a try. I did supply for a number of years and did a secondary higher education and early years. And early years was definitely the sector that won me just because of the tremendous effect that you can have on children's development from term to term. And definitely within an academic year, you can see all the hard work you're putting into and the progress that the children are making. Thank you. And how would you define the early years? What makes it a unique phase of education? Early years is really a very interesting time of children's life. And certainly as a, as a sector has gone through a lot. Two decades ago when I started, it was a completely unregulated sector. We didn't have regulations. We didn't have specific requirements in relation to staff's qualification. And all of that has changed tremendously, certainly since the introduction of the LES Foundation Stage Framework back in 2008. You know, there's certain expectations in terms of the legal requirements, what needs to be in place in terms of the space for the children, what needs to be in place in terms of the learning and development of the children and also what training and qualifications that the staff that they're working with the children need to have. And you mentioned an early years framework. For those that don't know, could you tell us a bit more about what this involves? Yes, certainly. So the Early Years Foundation Stage Framework is a framework that has come into place in 2008. Before that, we used to have a set of standards that were called the National Standards for for Daycare. And the aim of the framework was to put care and education together. The framework has been revised several times and the current framework that we have in place at the moment has three key sections. The first and most important section is the welfare and safeguarding requirements. And this includes all the legislative requirements for early years providers and and schools that they look after children of of that particular age group. So things, as I was saying earlier, from space requirement to staff qualification to safeguarding training and so on and so forth. There is a section on the learning and development requirements, and that includes the seven areas of learning. So in early years, we have three areas, which we call the prime areas of learning. And that is because they put the foundations for learning. And those are communication and language development, physical development and personal, social and emotional development. And then we've got specific areas of learning that are particularly important for children over the age of three. And those are maths, literacy, knowledge and understanding of the world and expressive arts and design. And then the middle section of the UFS document is focusing on assessment. So assessment is a new thing for early years. So it's about tracking the development of the children. And there are two specific points within the early years. One is when the children turn two. So between the ages of two and three, early years providers that are working with that age group need to define what we call the two-year-old program check that needs to summarize the development of the children um, in the prime areas of learning to identify their strengths, but more importantly, their areas for development. And then the other point is at the end of reception, so what we call the early years foundation stage profile assessment, where children are assessed against 17 early learning goals. 
That's a really helpful overview. Thank you. Could you tell us a bit more about the sorts of milestones we're looking for children to achieve through the early years? Yes, certainly. So if we start maybe with some specific ones and the clearest ones for me are the ones in relation to the physical development of the children. So we want children by nine months to be crawling and then cruising, using the furniture around the house. By a year to a year and a half, we want children to be walking and then from 18 months old to be playground ready. So to start running, start using more complicated movements, trying things like crawling, jumping and a range of gross motor physical skills. And then in relation to fine motor skills, we want them, you know, again, nine months to a year to start feeding themselves maybe with a little bit of support from the parents. So then later on, they can start using some tools, a whisk, a spoon, paintbrush, and obviously later on, things like scissors and pencils to get ready for school. So there's quite a lot of practical things that they need to achieve alongside those specific skills that you spoke about earlier in terms of maths and English, etc. At what stage should parents seek support if they're concerned that their child isn't meeting certain milestones? I think the earliest they identify something is maybe not entirely there, the better it is. Myself and the parent, I had a, a daughter that was born with a cleft lip and palate. So we knew from the beginning that we might need to seek intervention and support in terms of her communication and language development skills. So yeah, the earliest, the better. The simplest thing you can do as a parent in terms of communication and language development is to comment on, on everything that your child is doing, because that's the way they're developing language. And then obviously, if you feel that they're still not making the appropriate progress to seek intervention and support from specialists, because if you can make a difference, you can make a difference in early years. And are there some common challenges you've seen through working with children and and parents in terms of challenges they might face in their early learning? I think one of the most common ones is, you know, around structure and how much structure or concentration. It's an age group that I would say that you need to adapt to their level to their concentration, to their interest, to be able to move their learning forward. Before deciding on, you know, how much structure, how much input, it's really important to observe your child and find out about, okay, when is when I see them the most concentrated? What are the things that seem to fascinate them and, and really make them interested? And then what you could do is you can then play the role of facilitator and start adding things into their learning and adding things into their interest to move their learning forward. So, for example, if they're interested in in playing just with cars or with trains and you want to really build their number skills, then you can start bringing in some maths and some numbers within their play or construction or whatever it is that they're really interested in. Thank you. And I think one of the key challenges for parents recently has been the pandemic and lockdowns. Do we know anything that's coming out in terms of research and evidence around the impact that that's had on children's early learning? Yes, we actually know a lot. There's been a number of different reports at this stage. The Children's Commissioner's report has recently been out, a report by the Parental Foundation called Lockdown Babies. Um, Ofsted has also done a report from a survey that they started specifically with, with early years providers. And we definitely know that there has been an effect on children's development. Parents, seven out of 10 parents report that the pandemic has had an effect on their children's development and they can clearly recognize that. We know that over 50% of those parents believe that we need to start thinking about early years interventions. And this is something that Ofsted is encouraging early years providers to do because they have children from possibly from just after birth all the way up to five. So they're encouraging early years providers to really think about the starting points of their children 
and what they need to do and what do they need to put in place in terms of making sure that we find ways to minimize that effect on children's development. So it might be that LHS providers might want to set up stay in place for the children that they will join them the following year to assess their level of development. So when they're joining them in September, they're more prepared about okay, where are they in terms of their development and where do we need to take them? And I think the stay and play sessions are something that some of our schools in Alpha Plus Group have been trialling. Could you tell us a bit more about programmes they've been offering? Yes, certainly. So we're very excited to launch the PLUS programme recently, which is a programme that has three different pillars. So we've got play and learn sessions planned for the parents, which they have been put together by our early year specialist teachers. And these focus on specific areas of learning or specific types of play. So we might have a a play and learn session focusing on communication and language development or on stories, sensorial play or discovery play. And then this is further enhanced by some digital content. So there are lesson demonstrations put together by our LES practitioners and a set of plans and activities for the parents to do with their children at home, enhancing what's happening in the play and stay sessions. And then there are also some parenting workshops, which is the third pillar, focusing on different aspects and different challenges that the parents might be facing. So one of the workshops was focusing on the role of parents as their children's first educator. We have further workshops on child development, sleep, transitions and nutrition. And we truly believe that those will support parents to understand early learning in more detail, but also understand the wider factors around the development of the children at that early stage and how they can impact on learning. That's really helpful. Thank you. And if there are any parents listening who would be interested, then please do speak to your nursery and they can provide more information, I'm sure. You made quite a few references there, Alexandra, to play, so sensory play and different sorts of play. And there seems to be quite a strong focus on play in the early years. Could you explain to us why that is and what children learn through play? Yes. So I think it was Maria Montessori who said in the past that children's play is children's work. And this is very much the case. Play is hugely important. And that has been underlined in the new revised EYFS framework because the way that children of that young age are learning, it is very much their work. So if we take, for example, the earlier stage of development, you know, children under the age of two, we know from child development theories that that is a sensory motor stage when children start developing a lot of their motor milestones. And we know that they're benefiting from a lot of sensorial play. Uh, Sensorial play will help them through experimentation, through touch, feel, hearing things, to start making connections in their brain that, oh, that feels soft and that's how soft feels. And then that will help them to store that specific vocabulary and link it with specific properties in their mind. Similarly, discovery play will help them problem solve and find solutions for different things. So play is is hugely important because that is how children of this particular age group are going to learn. Great, thank you. And you mentioned Montessori there. I'm aware there's quite a few different sort of theorists and and big concepts that sit behind the early years. Could you just give us an overview, perhaps, of some of the key ones that parents might come across and just help us understand what they look like? Certainly. So the Montessori approach obviously started with Maria Montessori. It was very much a, a clinical model based on children that they were faced with specific difficulties. And the Montessori approach was there to put different inventions into place so children make the expected progress. After 
after the, the Second World War, especially in Italy, we had the Reggio Emilia approach. It was very much a community-based approach, focusing on child-led learning and listening to the language of children, and then more of a project-based approach. So the Reggio Emilia approach focuses a lot on the role of the environment. They call the environment the third teacher, and they believe that children learn by revisiting learning. That's why they work a lot on projects. Obviously, recently we've got the forest school approach that has come from the Scandinavia, and it's all about the balance between freedom and, and structure and outdoor learning. And, and we know how hugely important outdoor learning and, and physical development is for the children. We know that's a big challenge for schools and nurseries in central London, especially when they haven't got a designated outdoor learning space, because children need three hours of physical activity every day. And some of that physical activity needs to be things like getting out of breath and really testing my boundaries and my limits. And then, of course, we have high scope that has come from the States. It's an evidence-based approach. And all of these approaches have influenced the EYFS and have, you know, certain elements of them have been embedded within the EYFS framework. Thank you. And with so many different approaches and, and sort of different ways of um, delivering early years education, what would you suggest parents should be looking for when they are looking for a, a nursery or an early year setting for their child? I think the most important thing is to consider what is it like for a child in that nursery? If they were a child or if their child was there, what would it feel like? Certainly that was something that I was using when I was inspecting or, or within previously my advisory capacity when I was visiting nursery. I would think if my children were here, would they have a good time? Which aspects would they enjoy the most? Would it be outdoor learning? Would it be the resources? Would it be the teachers? I think from a, a survey that we've recently done with parents in the Alpha Plus group, we've identified that there are three key things that are really important to, to parents. One of them is the experience and the qualification of the early year staff. So well-trained, experienced early years teachers. The second one is a well-balanced curriculum with input from specialist teachers. And within our group, we're really lucky, especially the early years classes within our schools. They use their music teachers and they use their PE teachers and their art teachers. And the third one is outdoor learning. And we're really lucky because a range of our nurseries and schools are actually lucky enough to have forest school sessions within their school. So I think these are some of the key things that seem to be really important for parents. But for me, the most important thing, as I was saying earlier, is to think about what their child. So if you have a child that particularly enjoys outdoor learning, when you're visiting a nursery, think about the outdoor space, because for your child, that would be one of the most important spaces. Or if you have a child that really enjoys books, think about the library. Is How is the library featured in that specific nursery or in that specific school? Some really helpful insights there. Thank you, Alexandra. And my final question then is around how parents can best support early learning at home. What sorts of activities or resources might you recommend? One of the most important things is to understand the stage of development that their child is at so they can support them with their areas of development. The second most important thing would be to find out things about the interests of the child. So what is my child mainly interested in? And then use that interest using household and, and everyday resources to support their learning. So for example, if you've got a child that's really interested in books, um, using books and you know a range of different books to retell stories and initially it might be, especially if the concentration is not entirely there and they can only concentrate for a few minutes 
It might be just retelling the story using the pictures because that's the bit that they're interested in. You might want to create something interactive where you find some items related to the book in the house and you play a hide and seek game or you encourage the child to go and find, I don't know, the feather or whatever it is that is linked to that specific story. And then very simple resource that you can use is what we call in early years loose parts. So open-ended things like cardboard boxes, you know, saucepans and spoons and just lay them in front of your child and see which direction they're going to take them. Some children might decide to make music with them. Some other children might decide to start lining them up because they want to create a certain pattern. And then observing what your child is doing, try to identify what is significant in terms of the learning, why what they've done is is really significant and try to build into that. It's really helpful, I think, to think about that child as an individual, as you're saying, to follow the interests. That's something that I've really got across from what you've been saying this afternoon and uh, really helpful to focus on that. I think it's very easy for parents to compare children, you know, one between the other. And actually, if you just focus on what they particularly enjoy and, and, and want to achieve, I think that sounds like a really useful approach. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon, Alexandra. It's been fantastic to talk to you and, and to get your insights about the early years. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed your your insights as well. So thank you. Thank you, Emma. I really enjoyed talking to you today. And uh, early years is definitely a subject that I'm really passionate about and I enjoy talking about.